0: Hey there, it's beginning to look and feel a lot like Christmas. We are uh, having a Christmas series here at Discover Church where we are talking about something that we're all probably a little bit guilty of, and that's re-gifting. And talking about how that philosophy and theory actually works when it comes to how we're supposed to treat our faith. Hope you enjoy this message. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast, and you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Well, we have had quite a weekend here at Discover Church. Uh, if you drove by uh, the property yesterday, if you weren't here, uh, we had a whole bunch of awesome stuff that was happening. Uh, we helped to distribute 12 Hundred boxes of food yesterday uh, to families in our community, which was awesome. Uh, not only that, uh, but this place this place was hopping yesterday. You don't even know. We had people building stuff. We had people giving out food. We had people putting up Christmas decorations. We had cleaning. I mean, we had. Everything like this place was hopping yesterday. So, uh, so all those people that uh, were here, uh, volunteering and serving, thank you so much for all of you, uh, that you know helped spread the word about the event we did, the food distribution. Thank you also for that. It was awesome. We had uh, so many folks come through, it was awesome just to get a chance to, to share a little bit with them. But uh, listen, if you are new here to Discover Church, my name is Curtis Jones. I'm with my wife, Amy, uh, are excited with our Go team to lead D.C. here. And uh, we are super excited because it is Christmas time. And if you can't tell, I decided to dress in what I'm calling a Christmas casual uh, today. This is, this is the, the, you know, you get to straighten the tie out a little bit. Uh, th- this is probably about as close as I uh, get to that it uh, looks my my tv is just saying that it just is they're not going to work for us today that's okay Uh, Listen, uh, it is going to be an awesome time, and uh, don't forget, if this is your first time here, we'd love for you to check out the connection card, which is in the, uh, if you're here in person, it's in the seat in front of you. If you're online, you can click at the top of the link, and you can get that uh, there, and we would love just to connect with you, uh, just uh, to realize that we are here for you and your family. We want to see you grow and connect with God and find community, Uh, but also, uh, don't forget, if you uh, are part of our DC family we have our check-in challenge and our check-in challenge is uh, really awesome in the fact that this month through december Uh, your check-in challenges are going to help those uh, families that we are helping this Christmas. This is something we kind of do every year. Every year we kind of partner with some schools in our area uh, to find families that are in need uh, because they have uh, uh, all the information to help gather that for us and we just help to serve them and love on them. And so uh, when you check in uh, this time you are checking in for local families and uh, then uh, also don't forget, next week is Family, Family Photos. And I want to let you in on just a little secret. If you make it here for Family Photos, you will have the opportunity uh, to get your picture taken with somebody pretty awesome. He's green. He used to hate Christmas, but he had a kind of a change of heart. So uh, uh, there's your hints about who will be here next week uh, for you to get your picture taken with. Uh, but uh, don't forget that. Also, we are super excited. How many of you guys remember last year they had the Living Nativity at the Circle in Georgetown? Anybody remember that? Alright, so they are doing that again, and we are partnering with them. We've picked out our day, uh, which is going to be the 21st of December. It's a Monday. So if you or your family is in interested in joining to be part of the cast for the Living Nativity, uh, it's an awesome opportunity. You can sign up here or online as well. And then lastly, uh, just one of the things I want to tell you about because of COVID and making sure we have enough room, uh, one of the things we are doing on the Christmas Eve is we are going to have two Christmas Eve opportunities for you uh, to to be a part of Discover Church for you to share uh, Christmas here at DC. And the first one is going to be on December 23rd. Okay, December 23rd, which is Christmas Eve Eve. I guess that's something I can say, Tom, right? Yeah, Eve square. Or yeah, that's it. The Christmas Eve squared, right? Uh, but uh, uh, Christmas Eve Eve on the 23rd, you can join us at 530 or on the 24th, you can join us at 530. And uh, it's going to be an awesome time, candlelight service. Uh, we're also going to receive communion during that time. It is going to be a, a really awesome, uh, awesome time for us just to, to celebrate Christmas and to celebrate the birth of a Savior and. And uh, I, I don't know about you, uh, but I am—I'm actually looking forward to Christmas because uh, there's a lot of things uh, that 2020 has taken away from me. But the fact that we can celebrate the birth of a Savior is not going to be one of them. Uh, so I hope that you'll make plans uh, to be here and to join us uh, those days. Uh, but listen, here uh, I need a little bit of audience participation. A little bit of audience participation, if you would. Uh, how many of you? And this is—this is—this is. This is, this is a, can we all agree? This is a safe space here to share, okay? This is a safe, this is a safe environment for you to share. But so here's my question. How many of you have ever re-gifted something? Anybody ever re-gifted? Come on, where are my re-gifters at? Oh, that's all right. Uh, I know. Don't be don't be shy about it. It's okay. Uh, like I told you this is a safe. This is a safe space, folks. You can you can share. If you're online today, make sure you share with us. If you uh, have ever re-gifted, if you were re-gifted uh, uh, something. And, and listen, I, I, I brought uh, some stuff that you would find around your house. Uh, that you would re gift because, uh, because re gifting is one of those things sometimes where you know you gotta sometimes you ever have to like get a gift in a hurry and you're like looking around Frank's like you gotta look around the house and figure out what is it gonna be well you know that you can always turn to the wonderful uh, bed bath and body works is that how is it Tracy did I say that right bed bath body works it, it's a lot of it's a lot of letters and you can always go because because you ladies know they always have a sale, don't they? It's always on sale at Bed Bath... I want to say Bed Bath & Beyond. That's a different store. No, no, but they, they always have something on sale. And really, if you ever go there, uh, y- you know, the one of the things that is crazy, I don't do it. I can't do it. Because it's like a mosh pit in that store. It is cr- it is absolute craziness. And I'm just like, sweetheart, I'll just wait out here. You go f- fight people off. Like I, I can't deal with that. That's just too much for me. You know, so, so of course, you've always got... You know the the shower gel, the the bubble baths, and all those other lotions. Come on, we all need lotions. We got to make sure we are lotion people. We are lotioned up. And not only that, but uh, always the the candle, especially Yankee candle, because everybody loves a Yankee candle. Because I mean, they have a store in Williamsburg the size of the mall that's just for candles. You know what I mean? So who doesn't? Who doesn't love? Uh, the Yankee Candle. So uh, you know, these are just a handful of the things uh, that uh, I, I think around our house. That at some point in time, we've probably regifted one or all of those things together. Uh, but uh, but it's a it's a fun time, you know, uh, when you get the opportunity to to do that. And for for me, I know I I kind of was wondering like where did that whole regifting thing come from, and so uh, I thought back. Uh, To a a TV show that that I love. Don't hate me for loving the TV show, uh, but that is Seinfeld. And I think, uh, Gwen, do we have a, a, a clip there for Seinfeld? Do we not have volume? if we don't have volume it's okay we're just having some technical difficulties this morning but we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna basically the story goes for Jerry that uh that he gifted someone some tickets to the Super Bowl which is the craziest gift ever I don't care who's playing in the Super Bowl I'll go see the Patriots play in the Super Bowl okay that's a bold statement for me all right but but uh, but he gifted regifted tickets and then out of his regifted tickets uh he ends up getting a label maker uh, and Elaine had given the guy the label maker and so all of a sudden this one thing starts getting passed around multiple times re-gifted over and over again and uh and and they of course some people get upset he's a re-gifter you know you can't be a re-gifter well i think uh for us sometimes we have to realize that there is a point in time for us to be re-gifters and we're going to talk about that a little bit this year and i don't know if you anybody got christmas shopping all done yet all done christmas shopping All, like, the 2% of people. If you're online, share with us. Have you ever, have you got your Christmas shopping done? Uh, I have, um... I really only have like one person to shop for and that's my wife and I still haven't started it's um, I, it's pretty I know it's bad but it's getting ready to be done okay we're, we're working on it but uh, I know uh, for us uh, you know you always want the especially when you got young kids you always want like the hot item the hot ticket item and uh, and, and this year it, the hot ticket item I think I've got a picture up here for you if you don't know what this is this is the ps5 the PlayStation 5 this is the hot item my son has been begging me for this and I can assure you he is not getting Getting one, okay? I know, I know. He's up here. He's so disappointed. But uh, but I, that PS Five uh, is one of those ones where uh, uh, it, it, they're hard to get right now. But and, and over the years, every year, there's always that kind of that hard to get item. Who who remembers this next one here? Who remembers the next one here? It's uh, oh, okay. Well, that this one is a more recent one. This one is when you're thankful that the internet has been invented. Right? Because the hoverboard has made so many wonderfully epic fails. Like the person riding the hoverboard around the pool who does that. Then they go in the pool with the hoverboard. It's like the greatest thing ever. It's 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 gold. All right. And then uh, the last one here is, Oh yeah, you remember you said tickle me elmo, tickle me elmo, and tickle me elmo was like the creepiest thing ever. Ha 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 ha. You know what I mean? Like you're like Elmo stop. Yeah. Furby was pretty creepy too. Uh, Elmo, though, at our house, Elmo was a little weird because uh, we we had to we had to basically cast Elmo out of our house because we found that he might have been slightly possessed, like going off in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like while you're sleeping, that's creepy. That'll scare you a little bit. Be like, Jesus, was that you? No, it's just Tickle Me Elmo in the back uh, in the background, hanging out there. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it, it, we always have the you know the kind of the it gifts, and we know that Matthew uh, ten eight. Uh, talks about this. It talks about the fact that, you know, if you have been given much, then guess what? You should give as well. You have to give if you've been given. And, uh, you know, as we talk about this, this year, we're we're re-gifting stuff. We need to talk about, because there's some things that you have, if Jesus is in your life, there's some things that you have that are specific that people really need right now. And even if you're here, you're watching online, and you say, well, I'm not sure uh, the, that I have what you're talking about. Well, you're going to want it because today we're actually going to spend a little bit of time talking about hope because evangelists, uh, Hal Lindsay said this. He says that, you know, man can live uh, 40 days without food. I can barely go six hours, but he said 40 days without food, uh, about about uh, three days without water, eight minutes without air. But guess what? He said man can only go one second without hope. And I think that that's absolutely true for your life and me. You know, if we don't have Hope, then guess what? Stuff looks bleak, doesn't it? It it just, it's all of a sudden your outlook on life totally, totally changes. And uh, I know what it is to have hope. And I know what it is to have hope because I'm a fan of the Baltimore Orioles. And if you are a baseball fan, that's right, come on, Orioles fans, yeah. That is, that is 100%. The Orioles, uh, Orioles man, if, listen, if you are an Orioles fan, it's, uh, it's almost like rooting for the Phillies, okay? I, I know, and not to the Phillies fans, but uh, but no, I know for uh, me, as an Orioles fan, every year, the season begins with, well, maybe this is the year, you know? And guess what? It isn't. And, and then the next year, maybe this is the year. And guess what? It isn't. And then, so what ultimately we find out is that uh, that the hope that we have can, can fade and normally for an Orioles fan it happens about six days after opening day uh, we get the realistic vi- vision of the season but I actually I want to tell you a real quick story here today and this story is actually from a, a, another pastor that I heard and I love this story because it was it was pretty amazing and uh, he was a Cubs fan all right so he was a, a big Cubs fan and as many of you know if you do anything about baseball For a very, very long time, pretty much about as long as the Orioles, the Cubs have stunk, okay? They have been just one of those teams that just could not win. And lo and behold comes the magical year all the way back, you remember 2016. Remember 2016 when life had so much promise and future and you had no idea about coronavirus or face mask, right? Uh, but, but back in 2016, the Cubs go to the World Series. And this guy and uh, one of his friends, his really close friends, said, you know what? They made a pact. If the Cubs ever go to the World Series, then guess what? We're gonna go, okay. This is a hundred percent. Me and my son have this pack too. So if I have to remortgage my house, if they ever make it to the year, that's why you'll know why, okay. But uh, but they they decided that they wanted to go to the to the World Series to see these Cubs play, and uh, the only downfall they found was uh the they couldn't get tickets like they could not legitimately spend he's like it was like a thousand dollars for tickets I couldn't spend a thousand dollars on a ticket like that's just craziness right for a baseball game uh so so what they decided to do instead after a little bit of hemming and hauling and back and forth they ultimately said well listen we can't go to a game but look why don't we do this it's kind of like the only time this will probably ever happen in our lives why don't we just go to Chicago and we'll just hang out. It'll be cool to experience, you know, like what the city's like, and be, go hang out around Wrigley Field, and and just explore what it is. And so they do this. And when they get to Chicago, uh, the the next day, uh, he is up and he goes for a run early in the morning. And uh, you remember, the World Series is like November. So it, November, Chicago, it's pretty cold, right? But he decides to go running. He gets his whole, you know, he's the runner. He's got his shorts uh, and basically his his thin, thin tent, you know, shirt on, you know what I mean? And he goes out and, and he decides to go for a jog. Well, he goes for a jog around Wrigley Field because how awesome is that, right? To be able to do that early in the morning. Nobody else is, not that many people are up and awake. Well, he gets around there. And uh, finds out that there's this line that is formed outside the ticket box. And he, it sparks his curiosity. And he's just like, what is going on here, you know? And so he asked somebody in line, and they were nice enough to tell him the truth, uh, because uh, some people be like, I don't know, we're just here. Uh, but they told him that they, they believe that there's going to be a limited amount of tickets that become available the day of to go to that day's game. They don't know how many tickets. They don't know when it'll happen. But that is that. That's the thought. That's the theory. That's kind of the hope that these people decided to get up super early in November and stand in line for World Series tickets to see the Cubs. And lo and behold, uh, he, he tells the story as he's there. Again, remember, he decides to do this. He was not planning on getting in any lines because he's dressed to go running. You know, and so it's freezing. Lo and behold, uh, this more, more people come, more of a line starts to form, and, and the day goes on. And all of a sudden, you know, what was six o'clock in the morning is now noon, and what was noon turns to three o'clock in the afternoon. Nothing has happened in this line, there's been no life or activity from the, the ticket window at all. So then all of a sudden, here comes five o'clock and six o'clock, and guess what? Now the gates are opened. People are starting to go in and get ready for the game. And then next thing you know, you hear opening ceremonies start, and they're, they're still standing in line with this hope, this this anticipation that just maybe, just maybe they'll get tickets to go see this game. And in the midst of this, you have all the other things that you can imagine. Because now, I don't know about you, but i hate lines i hate them i okay i don't like them it's a i really like tj i really don't like lines in in fact i'll I, I i'll get to the story in just a second but the most satisfying part of my whole week okay is if i have to go to bj's and may you ever go to bj's and there's that massive line of people waiting to check out and uh, I'll let you all I'm going to let you know my secret okay here's a secret this is th- if you don't get anything else you can take this away from today this is I'm giving you some hope here when you got to go to BJ's download the app download the app because guess what there is nothing more of a satisfying experience when you got your cart and you just walk right by all of them and y'all like huh chumps huh you stand there like okay so I don't like waiting in line so it is hard for me to imagine being in November, waiting for the World Series in shorts, standing in line for hours, especially once the game is about ready to start, okay? Once that game is about ready to start, and sure enough, what we find is that throughout the day, people lose hope. People that are in the line, they lose hope, they give up hope, and listen, we all lose hope at different points of our uh, stories, you know, we, we all have different things that we lose hope in, and we have, there's some reasons, though, right? How about, how about the circumstances? We, we often lose hope because of the circumstances around us, kind of pressure us, and don't, don't feel like, you know, we look around, we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, and so, you know, the people got cold. They couldn't stand it anymore. The, 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 the situation around them was just like, you know what, this isn't, this is going to happen. I'm freezing. I can't stand out here no longer, so they, they get out of line, and they leave. And, and then the other thing that happens to us sometimes when we lose hope is how many of you ever had somebody say something to you that makes you lose hope? Sometimes it doesn't mean to be a bad thing. They don't mean to be negative, or, or, but, but all of a sudden they say something to you, and all of a sudden a little bit of your hope feels like it got ripped away from you. And so these people are standing in line waiting for tickets to go to the World Series and they'd have other people walking around and be like, you guys are crazy. There's no way they're going to give tickets out. Can you believe these guys, you know what I mean? And just listening to all of that around you, all the voices that were happening around them and and it will cause you, it causes you uh, to lose hope. Another thing I think that causes us to lose hope is fatigue. You just get tired. 12 hours they stood in line, 12 hours standing in a line. I told you, I don't want to stand in line at BJ's, right, let alone stand 12 hours in a line. 12 hours in a line, they get tired. You get worn out. You keep thinking there's something at, the, the, at the, there's this, the target, the goal, or the thing that you're anticipating that you're working towards, and then the next thing you know, you just get tired of waiting. You get so worn out. And I think that one of the last ones that happens to us when we lose hope is that all of a sudden we start doubting ourselves. Because I don't know if God has ever spoke something to you, but there's been many times when God like reveals something into my life and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden we're like, did God really say that? Is that really what I was supposed to do? Are we really supposed to do this? Are we really supposed to buy that, go there? Is this wor- is this the house we're supposed to live in? Is this the car we're supposed to buy? Is this the sc- Here's a big one for us. Was this the school I'm supposed to send my kids to? And, and, and all of a sudden, we get this doubt inside of us that causes us to lose hope. And so I can imagine that there is a mess of people in this line standing there for 12 hours that after a little bit of time, Start saying to myself, you, "We are. I am an idiot. Why am I still here? Like, what are we? What are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, what is going on?" But needless to say, these two guys stood in line for 12 hours, and then all of a sudden, after the game started in the middle of the first inning, the ticket window pops open, and then the person from the Cubs comes out and starts giving out wristbands to people who are going to get tickets to get in. They know how many tickets they have, and start handing them out to the people in line so that everybody else at the back of the line knows, sorry, out of luck. And no lie, because people had lost hope in front of him was the reason he got into the World Series game, because it stopped three people behind him. And so 12 hours of waiting in the freezing cold, the hope that he had ultimately paid off. And so today, I, I just want to share with you for, for just a second here about, you know, re-gifting hope. How, how do we take the opportunity uh, to re-gift hope? And I, I think the first thing that, uh, that we have to do is we have to make sure that we're standing in the right line. We have to make sure that we're standing in the right line because guess what? In, in your marriage, whether it's education, whether it's children, whether it's your job, you know, whatever it is, you, you, we're putting hope in something. But ultimately, the question that me and you, we have to ask ourselves is, is the thing, that something that we're putting our hope into, ultimately where we should be putting our hope into? I know for me, so often it's not. And we love to quote the scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? It's the Hobby Lobby like plaque that you want to hang over your door kind of quote that says, you know, for the plans. Uh, I, I know the plans I have for you says the Lord, Right. The plans of, of well being, not for trouble, to give you uh, hope and a future, and and, and so ultimately we, we love to 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 like you know put that bumper uh, sticker quote like on our life and just think it. But sometimes the fact is it doesn't feel that easy. It doesn't feel that easy, and in fact we're going to look today at uh, at part of the Christmas story here. We're going to get into Luke chapter two, and uh, this is not part of the Christmas story that gets talked about all that often. Uh, but this is still part of it. It's part of the story of, uh, of Simeon. And Simeon uh, it has this unique place here in Scripture because uh, he felt like that God had promised him something. And we're going to read a little bit into this. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can go to Luke 2, chapter uh, 25. It will also be up on the screen. And it says this. It says, uh, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was righteous And devout. And here's what I love. And it says that he was eagerly awaiting. I love the fact that he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. He had anticipation and he had hope. Like the hope and the presence was there. And he was excited about it. And so ultimately, what we find out here says that the Holy Spirit was on him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit starts speaking that to you, especially as you start getting up in age, all of a sudden, it's, you start saying, God, was that real? You start doubting yourself. You saying, God, was that? Is that really like, did you really say that? Or was that like a metaphor? Or like, was there something else happening here? But ultimately, uh, the, he says that the, he's going to see the Lord's Messiah. And then it says, the day uh, uh, the Spirit led him to the temple, so that Mary and Joseph, when they came to present baby Jesus' To the Lord, as the law required. Guess what? Simeon happened to be there. And what I love there is he did this. He, he he took the child in his arms, and if this was Amy, Amy would have lost it on Simeon for taking the child in the arms, right? She would have freaked out with that. Like, But but this is okay back then, okay? He, he, he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, guess what? He said, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people, and then he says, "He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your pe- he's the glory of your people Israel." And now, obviously, as you can imagine, uh, Joseph and Mary are like, "What in the world?" You know what I mean? Like they got all high pitched and everything like that. They they were like, "What in the world?" You know what I mean? A- and so, in the midst of that. Uh, they were They were amazed and, and uh, as, as we kind of look, S- uh, Simeon then blessed them and this is what he said to Mary and, and imagine, okay, you got a little kid and this this old guy that you've never seen before, right is hanging out in the temple and comes up to you and says this and this is what he says to to Mary. He says, "This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and you're like, what? But then he says, and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And all of a sudden, all the stuff that Mary and Joseph had walked through, all the all the story that has already been written about Jesus up to that point, I can imagine, like, floods them like a river. Like, just all of a sudden, it's just like, whew. Like, man, I mean, I remember what the angel said. I, I remember what was revealed to me and what, what, what happened to us. And, and ultimately, though, what we find is that they had to have hope that Jesus was who God said he was. Because for you and me, really, that's where our hope is. Our hope is in Jesus because Jesus is hope fulfilled. Jesus is the opportunity. And, 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 and for many of us, and for many of the people you know, and, and this is a hard thing because now we have social media, and on social media, uh, everybody kind of always feels happy until they do their angry rant, rant, right? Everybody does their, do their angry rant, but then they're happy again, and they're posting fun pictures and sunsets and puppies and all the other things that come in life, right? But the fact of the matter is is it's so easy for us in, in today's times to kind of masquerade like we have hope, but we don't. And, and what we find in this season specifically is that you know? This season brings about normally in a normal year in a normal situation uh, blues. But people get the blues. They get anxiety. They get uh, the depression sets in. And in fact, I don't know if you realize this, but suicides typically around the holidays actually go up, a- and, and it's because of the pressure. And, and really, when when you and I when we think about it, when all these things happen, and we ourselves kind of deal with the anxiety and the depression. And when all the stuff happens, the negative thoughts come in, you know, what happens when that, when, when that happens? We ultimately, it's because we're placing our hope in something else other than Jesus. All of a sudden, we, we kind of defer, you know, we, we defer that hope to somewhere where it shouldn't be and ultimately ends up standing in another line that it shouldn't be in. But I love this is what Proverbs uh, thirteen twelve says. It says this, is that hope deferred makes the heart sick makes the heart sick. In other words, like when we, all of a sudden, when you put your hope in somewhere else that it shouldn't go, that it's never meant to be, that guess what? It actually sickens your heart. And and listen, the crazy thing is, is this is proven medically all before medicine had any clue about it. But the fact is, is that hope is something that we need in our lives. We often put our hope in relationships, which, man, it, it sometimes can can be OK, but then other times relationships aren't. And, and then really when it comes down to it, you know, you put your hope in your parents and they let you down. Or maybe you put your hope in some sort of uh, medicine or, or a doctor or, or because you need it. You need the health. You need, you, you're looking for it. And then all of a sudden you get the bad news or the bad report ultimately, you know, when we want to hit those financial targets, right, you think that this is going to be the year we're going to, we're going to, we're going to buy a house, or we're going to build a house, or this is the year uh, for the car that we don't have to like, you know, like push the heater knob three times in order to get it to start and to come on, right, you know what I mean, like, like this is the year that's going to happen, and then COVID hits you, and then you lose hope, and so for us, you know, we have to be careful, because if our hope is anchored in anything else, other than Jesus, then, then really what it ends up is that we're bounding ourselves for disappointment. And I, I want to read you here as we kind of are getting close to wrapping up, but I want to read you this uh, passage from Psalm 42. Psalm 42 says this, and, and I want you to see here that there is almost a uh, transition that happens in the scripture, okay? There's a transition that happens uh, with, the, the, with the psalmist here because he starts out he goes, man, why am I discouraged? why is my heart so sad and then you you hear it right it's it's kind of like a hopelessness that is in him a hopelessness that where he's saying i i don't know and then all of a sudden i feel like in the middle of writing he has this like the aha moment like the light bulb moment happens and then he goes on he says no 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 I will put my hope in God. I'm going to praise him again, my Savior and my God. And and what I love is that there you find basically like almost like a convincing of himself that guess what? He's not going to live in the hope that he had for something else, but he's ultimately going to bring that along. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to put my hope in God because I know that if I put my hope in God, that the the voices that He hears and the circumstance that He hears, and when He's tri- tired, when He has doubts, when all the things start setting in, that ultimately He says, "No, no, no, no." My hope in Christ, the hope in God, is where I ultimately stand. Hebrews six tells us this. Hebrews six verse eighteen says this. It says, "We we who have uh, fled to Him for refuge." In other words, we've fled to God, we fled to Christ, we fled to the Holy Spirit for refuge, can have great confidence as we hold on to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. I had uh, somebody, I, I know a few people that have boats. I don't have a boat. I have a horse. It's like a boat. It's the same thing. You put a lot of money into you get a little bit of joy out of it, but other than that, it just sits in the yard. So... Um, <laughs> So I, I I had a boat, friends, and uh, one of them was thankful enough to bring this in to me. You know what this is? This is an anchor. It's a little noisy, but it's all right. It's got a little bit of stuff on it. But you know one of the things that's amazing about this anchor? It doesn't look like all that much just here by itself, does it? You put this on a boat, and you're like, wow, that's a pretty interesting device here. But ultimately, when you take, I hope I'm I'm not going to try to tear nothing up today. But ultimately, when you drop that anchor, and you got your rope, when it comes to your faith, this is what you find. You find that that anchor ultimately is your hope. And when you drop your anchor in hope, you know one of the amazing things about the anchor? Is the anchor, when the stuff is happening all around you, and stuff gets rocky, and all of a sudden you want to get blown to shore or blown up on a, a sandbar or somewhere where you shouldn't be, where you're gonna get stuck, deserted, or heaven forbid, even cast out to sea, right? All of a sudden, what you find is when you have this anchor and it's dropped, when you have the hope that we're supposed to have in Christ Jesus, and you got that rope tethered to you, then it's amazing because as as much as I, I can I can move a little bit, but guess what? I'm not gonna go anywhere. As much as I take this anchor and I, I got this rope, and as much as, as as everything around me wants to blow me and th- throw me, ultimately, like the old song goes, there's an old hymn that it, uh, says the anchor holds. The anchor holds. Ultimately, what we find is that when the storms rage around you, that guess what? The anchor, the anchor still, it's still there. I think when it comes to regifting, though, the question that you and I have to ask here is, first off, We have to have the hope. you got to have the hope in Christ first. If you don't have the hope in Christ, you can't re-gift it. You can't give it out to other people. But then the second thing that ultimately we have to do once you have hope is that you have to speak hope to people around you. You have to speak hope because I don't know if you are aware of this, but there is so much hopelessness around us. There's so much hopelessness around this, And if you don't believe me, ask anybody who was super hyped about the 2020 election. Right? You can tie your anchor to a party. You're going to get disappointed. You can tie your anchor to your children or your spouse. Your children are going to move out someday, Lord willing. But ultimately, what we find is that that we have to share the hope. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says this: the tongue can bring death, or the tongue can bring life. You can you have the power. And isn't it amazing that we so very we so a few times that we ever realize that the words that we say can bring death or life to somebody? I think the question that you and I, we have to ask ourselves, is, is the things that I'm saying, and the things that I'm doing, is, is it bringing hope to someone? And, and to be totally fair and honest with you, okay, if you're watching online, if you're here in person, to be fair and honest that there are bright and shimmering moments in my life where I have all the hope in the world. And then there's other times when I let my guard down and sometimes it almost feels like a light switch, to tell you the truth. Sometimes you, you let your guard down. All of a sudden, that that anchor, we, we left it. It's somewhere back there along the way. We have to go find it again to pick it out because I, I've totally lost it. Ephesians 4.29 says this. This is, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words can be an encouragement to those who hear them. I think the filter... We all talk about like social media filters, right? You know, like, oh, the, should I say this? I think ultimately all of us, our filter, not just on social media, but in life, the filter on our mouths need to be hope. Like there needs to be a hope block right here. Because if the hope block is here, if it doesn't bring hope, it needs not to come out. It, it, it needs to be able to stand in because that hope is what people are looking for. So I want to ask if you would, would you stand with me this morning? 1 Peter tells us what happens in our life if we actually exhibit the hope that is called for. And in fact, it says in 1 Peter 3.15 that we are to be prepared to give an answer when anyone asks for the real reason for the hope that you have. Because they knew when they were writing this in the the New Testament, they knew 100% that if you exhibit hope in Christ that you're going to be so Positive and attracting to other people, that other people are gonna be like, "What is wrong with you? How can you have hope right now when everything else around you is falling apart?" I I, I won't lie. Uh, Twenty twenty has been a roller coaster for me as a husband, as a pastor, as just a person. But one of the things that I love, and 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 I can't even tell you, it's just got to be through the Holy Spirit because I don't know why, because I don't feel like I've done anything drastically different but one of the things that has been amazing to me is to be able to when i put the hope filter up and i know like we're all worried about i know you or i we're worried about like another shutdown is going to happen and and how are things going to go and we got vaccines coming out and like you you know there's all, all the stuff that we could like worry about or you know have fear about but one of the things the hope the hope filter when it comes up to me is be like i lasted through 2020 I got all the hope in the world because it don't matter if we shut down for three months, God is still faithful. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow because guess what? God is still faithful. Because no matter what we go through, what the trial you go through, whether 2020 has been a record banger year for you or it's been one that you wish you could go to sleep tonight and never remember again, no matter what it is, guess what? God is faithful. We can have that hope. And I know that, listen, uh, there's some people that are either watching online or you're here and you're just like, "Man, I ain't got that. Like, I have not got that. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get up and go to work tomorrow. Let the hope of Christ, that anchor, secure you. And I just want to pray over you as we, we're we going to sing a song here to, to wrap up. And I just want to ask, would you close your eyes with me if you're online and, and, and you just feel that. You've lost hope. Like you're just not sure. You're just not sure how it's gonna happen. Like, how what's going on? I want to let you know there is good news today. If you're here and that's you, there is good news today. There was a man named Jesus Christ who we're getting ready to celebrate his birth of here. Not because it actually happened on December 25th, but because of the fact that it represents that hope was birthed into this world. And the fact is is that if you don't have that hope, all you have to do is is turn to Him today. And we say, Holy Spirit, thank you so very much for the conviction that you're bringing on people right now, for in this room and through those that are watching online, maybe not even watching uh, on the day that this, this is happening, Father God. But Lord, we know that your hope still carries through, whether it's today or tomorrow or next week or the week after. Lord, we know ultimately, Father God, that, your ho- that our anchor has to be secured in the hope that we have through you. The fact that God the Father sent you and that he allowed you to, to be the sacrifice so each and every one of us could be a son or a daughter of God. And today, listen, if you have never uh, considered yourself to be a son or a daughter of God, today is your opportunity just to say, Lord, I turn my life over to you. I've messed up. I've had my hope. I've, my hope has been in the wrong line. I've been in the wrong line for a lot of other things. But today, I turn to you. Father God, we just want to thank you that you're going to continue to move through your people. Continue to worship today.